This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. It's a great day, guys. The schedule has finally been released. We've been waiting all summer for it, and it's here. Uh, Tyler, is it is it as great as what you thought it would be? Oh, it, it's better. A round of applause to the Big Ten. I mean, you know, we, we've been a little bit finally. critical, namely you two um, talking about that, the Big Ten and the delay, but... I, I think they got it right. I, I really do. Okay, that's good. Uh, Derek, how did you feel when you actually saw a schedule at 7.45 this morning? Well, I didn't really get a chance to see it because I was working, unlike some people around here. Uh, <laughs> oh, too soon? Too soon. Uh, sorry. Anyway, you know, hey, this has me more optimistic than I've been for – three four months now that we're gonna have a season guys like they're, they're we're a month away from actually playing football and they just put a schedule out like it could have been just as easy to say we're gonna cancel a season as put a schedule out so i'm very optimistic that we're actually gonna at least see some games i don't know if it'll be the full 10 i sure hope it is we need as much football in our lives as we can get yeah that's a great point right there with all the uncertainty that's been going on you know it's been like well, if there's a season and all that stuff. But now that we have a schedule and, you know, it's it's like, yep, football's going to happen. Uh, practice starts this Friday. I mean, it, it's it's here, guys. I mean, and I'm a firm believer that we're going to see college football. So this is a great freaking day. Uh, I do want to point out what the new schedule looks like. It is uh, completely different than the uh how the conference schedule looked like under the normal 12 games situation right so for nebraska we open up uh, at ruggers on september 5th home against illinois home against wisconsin at iowa home against minnesota at ohio state a bye week at northwestern home penn state at purdue and we pick up michigan state so Michigan State is the team that we were looking at. Uh, we were trying to guess. Who are we going to pick up out of the East for the, the new crossover game? It's Michigan State. I couldn't be more ecstatic about it. Tyler, what do you think about this pickup? I mean, it, it was a great pickup. I mean, I think if you look at the teams that were available out of the East that we weren't playing already, we had Michigan, uh, Indiana, Michigan State, and Maryland – I mean, I think you were hoping, if you're a big Red fan, either getting Maryland or Michigan State. Uh, you know, I don't know if there was a preference there between those two, but I think both of those were going to be wins, and we got a win there. And you know, and and more, you know, we'll we'll talk about the breakdown. But you know, when we canceled non-conference games, man, I, that was scary. And if they would have given us a Michigan, you know, th- there would have been a lot of skepticism on what the season would look like in my book, and. You know, that that break and a couple others, I mean, I feel a little bit more optimistic about the season. Derek, how about you? Out of all the teams that we could have picked up for this extra crossover game, how do you feel about Michigan State? Well, let me start off by saying, let's go kick Mel Tucker's ass. You know, he embarrassed us last year. Let's go kick his ass. Like, come on. It's his first year. He's a first-year head coach again. Let's not let him get us this time, Frost. Let's do it. I mean, Let's kick his ass. I mean, if Mike Riley could beat Michigan State, I mean, I mean, is it that <laughs> on, hard? On a, on a fluke bad play, on a fluke bad call, but whatever. It wasn't a fluke bad call at uh, all. Oh, it was. It was. I just watched it again the other day. It was It was very, very fluky. Watch it again. Call. Watch it again. Now, <laughs> but, hey, this, this is uh, pretty okay, good. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Before, oh, you, go before you go on, though, uh, you know – I, you're, Tyler's right. I wanted either Maryland or Michigan State. I mean, those Indiana. I would have been okay with too. Like to play Indiana at, with, with a healthy quarterback. 
I I hope at least uh, in a healthy a healthier team than what we played them last year. I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch either. Uh, Michigan State may be the best one out of the three, though, because you know after beating the living hell out of Maryland last year, they might have had a little uh, want to come back and get us back for it. I don't know. Maybe I don't, maybe they wouldn't have been able to, but they still have some good athletes on that team. Michigan State's really got nothing to hold against us. And like I said, we get to play Mel Tucker again. And shame on the Twitter fans. Like, I've seen so many Twitter polls out there of who do you want to play. And I've seen a lot of fans going out there voting for Michigan. And I'm afraid of what would happen if they would have got what they wished for because we're not ready for Michigan yet, I don't think. No, that's that's the team that I did not want on there. Michigan State or Maryland was the preference. I didn't want. I didn't even want to see Indiana. So it kind of surprises me, Derek, that uh, you would rather face uh, Indiana than Michigan State. Really? No, I, I didn't say that. I, I I think all three of them are comparable. Okay. Okay. I, I to, to to me, Michigan State and Indiana are comparable. I think Maryland would have been probably the easiest game out of the th- out of the three, outside of the revenge factor, but. I mean, to, to, to me, Indiana and Michigan State are probably comparable. Okay. Well, we're going to get into our Big Ten East preview next week. So we'll be, we'll be breaking down all these East teams. That's, that's always fun every offseason. So we'll be doing that. Uh, something of interest on – well, there's a lot of things of interest on the Big Ten's uh, Nebraska schedule. Uh, this one is uh, – let's start with Ruggers. Our first game is at Ruggers. Uh, September 5th, and, you know, we were all aware of the struggles that Ruggers has, have, has had with COVID. You know, all of, what, 28 uh, staff and players have been quarantined. Uh, they can practice on August 8th. Is that right, Derek? They can begin practice? Uh, that, yes. They, the, the whole team has been quarantined. Yeah. Uh, it seems that they're behind the eight ball a little bit. We think that Noah Vedral could be quarterbacking, so that's going to give that a little bit of a great element for a first game. But the COVID scenario, does that worry you, Tyler? Of course it does. Um, you know, you know. I think let's, before we get to the COVID, an interesting fact, this will be the first time Nebraska's opened up on the road since 1999. So, I mean, you're, you're gonna, that, that's going to be a new element for us, not opening a Memorial Stadium. We know the first game was a frost. Hopefully Rutgers is a team. But to the COVID situation in particular, of course it has me nervous. Obviously, of teams in the Big Ten, of the states in the Big Ten, New Jersey is the biggest hotbed in it, and it's the soonest. However, there is some optimism here that you hope, with as bad of an outbreak as that team had, that they can get it figured out. That there there is a lot more uh, discipline on that team, and they're going to be able to get it figured out. And all it is is going to be a positive because Rutgers has been quarantined for two weeks. So who knows if how many practices they end up missing with fall camp? But what I do know is these kids have not been in the weight room, have not been doing the same thing as our kids have. So that that could play as a huge advantage to us uh, against a team we probably don't need a huge advantage for, but. But definitely could play in her straight. So just cross your fingers that Greg Shiano gets some discipline on that team and they don't keep partying and go crazy. Derek, what do you think about that opening game? Uh, as far as far as that goes, I, I guess if we were going to have that kind of advantage that Tyler's talking about, I'd rather have seen that against maybe Ohio State. But, you know, I'll, I'll take an advantage where I can get it. Uh I, I personally think that with this, with them quarantining themselves, getting healthy, you know, I, I think they've learned their lesson. Like, if they, if they really truly want to play football like the rest of Big Ten, I think really wants to play football. And I think they do. I, I think they've probably learned their lesson. They're probably not going to be out partying anymore. And maybe it was a lesson. Maybe it was a good lesson learned. And maybe it was a good lesson learned for the whole damn Big Ten that these kids need to pay attention to what the hell they're doing rather than thinking they can do what they want. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't necessarily think it's a huge deal that we're going there because it's going to be no different. Like, you know, the, the conference has come out and said they're going to test everybody twice a week. They're not going to let anybody te- that's tested positive be around the team or play. So I, I don't necessarily think that's a, the biggest issue. But 
I, but yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's definitely a concern at the end of the day. So with our first two games, uh, Ruggers and then Illinois, I think we kind of make out better uh, as far as the, the slate goes starting out as opposed to start opening with Purdue uh, in the original 12-game schedule. I mean, is that fair to say? I mean, do you like our chances with this schedule as opposed to our original Derek, I don't know. Oh, you're I, the wrong person. Yes, you don't like yes. Purdue. <laughs> I, I I will say that I think Purdue is probably better than Rutgers for sure. Yeah, Illinois probably, but I mean Illinois still been a, a, an up and coming team. I I don't know that they were necessarily that much better. Hell, they made Illinois made a bull last year and Purdue didn't. Right. So I don't know if it's. I mean, I, I don't know if it's uh, necessarily that much. Of an upgrade, but I, but I will say it's probably a slight upgrade. I know Purdue dealt with some injuries last year with Rondell Moore and their quarterback, and I, it's probably an upgrade overall. Yes, Tyler, what do you what do you think about the trade off between Purdue and Rutgers? Well, I mean, obviously, I think that the Rutgers game is much easier, um, but not just that the Rutgers game is easy. I, I like Purdue. I think Purdue is that they're a team that's dangerous and. and I'm not throwing shade at Illinois. I'm not saying Illinois is a bad team. But, you know, you look at the way this is going to start for us. With, with On the road against Rutgers, that that might be our easiest game on the schedule. I think a lot of us have that as one of our easiest games, even with the Central Michigan and South Dakota State. And so, you know, you might be able to get, you know, a three-quarter game. You know, there, there's I, – I don't want to say there's no risk of losing, but – very low risk of losing that game. We don't know what Rutgers is going to be in condition. And, and then you get Illinois. I mean, I think that that's a pretty – I mean, you can build a little bit of momentum there with a couple games that, in theory, Nebraska could be double-digit favorites in. Yeah. Hey, I want to point out something. The uh, ESPN, they released the FPI. Uh, well, not, not released, but uh, the way the schedule works out uh, – the FPI, Michigan State, Nebraska has the best chance against Michigan State, 74% chance of winning. The next game is Illinois, 69.2% chance of winning. Third on the list is at Ruggers, 66.9%. Would you have guessed that Ruggers would have been, uh, according to FPI, easier than Illinois or Michigan State? Does that surprise you? Home it, field, it, you home what field you have advantage. to understand, it's home field. It's home field. and. Home field advantage probably isn't going to mean shit this year because I don't think we're going to see any fans in stands. And and whatever, that is what it is. I think where the problem is going to be, and this, this is my one concern with Rutgers as opposed to Purdue. Like, yes, Purdue is a much better team than Rutgers. Rutgers is probably one of the worst teams. That, no doubt they are the worst team in the Big Ten. But how's the travel going to work? Are we going to be flying in the morning of and then flying back out the day after? And if we're flying in the morning up, are we going to be playing a game all jet lagged and and not ready? I I think that's where the concern comes in more than Rutgers scaring me. I mean, you hope and, for and a prime I don't time. know. You're, you're hoping for a prime time start, it, it, or or at least a two thirty start. If you're gonna if if the you know travel arrangements is the one thing that really hasn't come out yet. What are going to be the travel restrictions? You know, there's been speculation that is only going to be allowed same day travel. I don't know if that's the reality or not, but you know, I, I think that if if not, you can't imagine eleven a.m. kickoff for that game. That would just be. I mean, they'd have to get up. They'd have oh, to be they're, out they're, by three thirty to make that work. You could you couldn't do an eleven a.m. game, but I mean, you could do a two thirty game, and I. But you're still rushing. That's why I said uh, prime time. Prime uh, time would be ideal. Yeah, I, I, I don't think any of it's ideal. I mean, you're traveling 1,500 miles, and I understand it's by plane, but you're still talking about a three-hour flight, and anybody who's flew know, knows what that can do to a body. I don't know how. I don't know why it does it, but it does. It just makes you kind of – and you're going to a different time zone. That always makes it a little weird. And it, I, I don't know. That would be the only thing that would worry me. I, I, we still beat Rutgers – by 40 points, honestly. <laughs> okay. I, I'll take that. Well, I'll just move on from that if it's that easy. But uh, uh, a couple other t- 
twists on the schedule, which is really interesting, is Wisconsin is now a home game and Purdue is on the road. Derek, what do you make of this? Uh, as far as this year goes, it doesn't phase me much. Like I, If this is a permanent change where we're going to start changing the schedule around and get Wisconsin on the road opposite years of Iowa, this is, this is a great move, and it's going to be fantastic for Nebraska fans. I don't care about home field advantage. I don't care about the games per se, but it, it gives the, the Huskers season ticket holders and the, the, the kids, the, the people going to these games, something to look forward to every single year. Like you, you either have Wisconsin or Iowa. Where right now, it's like you get one year of all these awesome games at home and all these shit games at home the other year. And so as far as that goes, if it's a permanent thing, I think it's great. I, I don't. With no fans in the stands, again, I don't know that it gives Nebraska much of an advantage against uh, Wisconsin. But long term, this this is it. This is awesome. I mean, we've been this is this, this is hella good if, if yeah. it's if it's long term. I mean, I mean, one Sean of the things Callahan that us Nebraska is, fans. But, go ahead. Sean Callahan is reporting that this is uh, next year. Wisconsin's going on the road, and uh, Purdue is now going to be at home. So I don't know if it's a you know, long, long-term solution, but at least for next year, it's going to uh, go back. It's going to flip. So, well, if, it, if it's for next year, then I assume it's long-term. Uh, but again, I, I just haven't seen it confirmed yet. I don't know if if it wasn't going to be long-term. It makes zero sense for them to do it. Basically, right? I think this is right. Warren's way of saying, "Hey, let's fix the schedule," because I'm sure Bill Moose has been oh, complaining about is- it. <laughs> I guarantee you Bill Moose was like, hey, can we get some decent home games yeah. during our off years? Hey, 2020, is a, it's a shit show anyway. Make the change now. We're making all these changes to the schedule. Let's do it now. And I hope that, that's, that's what happens. if that's the happened. case, if that's the case, I applaud Bill Moose. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's but, drink but, to that. Okay. Can we get to this year, though? I mean, so I think the, the Wisconsin game – was a, de- de- a definitive loss in my book. And I, I still think we're going to be underdogs and probably lose that game. But the fact that we get them in Lincoln, and Derek, I know you keep saying no fans, but Bill Moose has not ruled out full capacity at Memorial Stadium. He has not ruled out 50% capacity at Memorial Stadium. So, And we've talked about what travel is going to look like this year in the Big Ten. And I know Wisconsin is not that far, but man, you get 11 a.m. kickoff and they have to come in that morning. That's not going to be fun for them. So I, I think that is a is a big break. Flip side, the Purdue game um, later in the season, uh, you know that a game that was already scary in my book has you know almost gone to terrifying in my. I mean, I, I get I like Purdue. We're we're going to be playing them after a bye week. They have a bye week the week before. Um, and now it's on the road. I mean, it, it is a. It, it went from a game that I thought was scared about to probably a 50 50 game in my book. So I want to go back to the stadium capacity there because the Big Ten, they stated that the Big Ten is not going to dictate what stadium capacity should be for that game. They're going to leave it to the local governments, state governments, to say what they're allowed. So, I mean, it's. It's not up. It's not up to Bill Moose. Ultimately, it's up to the governor. So no, no, but I think if the governor and and Bill Moose and everybody else, I think they will be smart to kind of follow suit with what everybody else is doing. Because what I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see Wisconsin go. Hey, they're allowing half capacity, and we're not allowed to have anybody. We're not going there because we don't want to take that risk. Even though though the governor says they can have that many in there, we don't feel safe playing in front of that many fans. I don't want to see something like that end up. If they forfeit, we'll take the win. Love it. I love it. Don't. (laughs) It won't be a forfeit. It'll be a forfeit. I'll put it this way: I don't know how much of risk there. I don't know if there's a big risk of that, Derek. And and I honestly don't think Memorial Stadium, having sat so many games in that stadium, should try for a full capacity. you know, could you get to fifty percent capacity, twenty five percent capacity? You know, Illinois. I mean, the athletic director said today. I mean, they're still looking at twenty percent. I again, I still think you can have. I to me, it's not about the crowd noise. I don't think the crowd noise of any stadium in the country, at least the first half of the season, is going to be a factor because I don't think any stadium is going to be able to rock fifty thousand plus. But I think it's the travel. 
The travel this year is going to be more unique than I think it's been. With the potential, especially with Wisconsin, that the fact that they're close enough where they really don't need to stay at a hotel. Uh, I, I think the travel is a big component to these home road games this year. And again, not that it's enough that we're going to win. Not that it's enough it changes it. But not, we got a chance now. We got a chance where I didn't feel three weeks ago we did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's been a couple of very important uh, roster updates across the conference. Uh, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, the star wide receiver, He's opting out of the year to the go NFL. And after that, Micah Parsons, the stud outside linebacker for Penn State, who once visited Memorial Stadium for a Friday Night Lights. He's going to opt out. Two opponents for Nebraska. Tyler, big deal? Huge deal. I mean, these aren't just two really good players. These are two of the five best players in the Big Ten. These are the two best players on these respected teams. Minnesota, a team that I wasn't even that high on, I mean, relative to you guys, um, you know, they just lost their best player. They just lost almost all of their production at wide receiver. I think that's a huge loss for them. You know, Penn State, they're still going to be a really good team, but they just lost their best player. Um, arguably the second best player in the Big Ten, Micah Parsons. I mean, I, I, I think this is a, you know, again, similar to the Wisconsin. I'm not saying we're going to beat Penn State now, but I mean... If if that spread in my eyes was you know ten points or whatever I thought it was fourteen, it got a little bit closer with Micah Parsons being out. Derek, do you feel the same? Uh, not with Penn State. I, I don't find that. I think outside linebacker is a little little easier to replace than a wide receiver. Uh, but but uh, Minnesota, I already had that game as a coming to Lincoln. Where last time they were here, we beat them fifty-three to twenty-eight. I, they lost Tyler Johnson to graduation. Now you lost your top receiver and Rashad Bateman to to sitting out. Uh, I, I think this game got a lot easier. Now we're definitely going to find out just how good Tanner Morgan really is because now that he don't have two huge receivers to throw to, we're going to find out how accurate he is. Yeah, you, you, uh, you've never been sold on Tanner Morgan, have you? No, it's not that I'm not sold on him. I just think he's got a lot of weapons around him. Yeah. And I don't know that he has that now. His his next his next guy up's got 300 yards receiving. The guy behind him has 100. Nobody else has over 100 yards. Yeah. Those are two dudes that are very tough to replace. Uh, we're replacing J.D. Spielman, I but... I, I, don't fo- I don't follow recruiting as well, but I think Nebraska's recruited better wide receivers than what Wisconsin has. Yeah. As far as stars go, at least I don't. We gotta get it on the field first, but yeah. Uh, Derek, do you think that there's gonna be more people like this in the Big Ten that are gonna opt out before season starts? Is this a trend? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I think a lot of them that wanted to do it probably would have done it by now, but there's still four weeks before we start some college football. So it's still possible. Uh, I'm not going to rule it out. I think if you're a first round pick, I think you have more, you're more likely to sit out. I, I, and I think that's why you're not seeing it with Nebraska. We have no first round picks, obviously. I think it's not projected right now. I mean, who knows what happens with the season, but uh, right now there's no projected first round picks. So I don't think you're seeing them sit out, uh, but I, I don't see anybody outside of uh, first round, maybe second round pick guys trying to sit out. Tyler, what about you? Do you think uh, we're going to see more of this in the Big Ten? Well, we we already saw uh, Ravon uh, Bonner out of Illinois. Uh, you know, he he yeah. said he was sitting out. Uh, it, yes, to answer your question, yes. I, I don't know how many. I don't know how widespread it's going to go. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see a Husker or two sit out. I mean. I, I think this is serious, and uh, and you know we, we we COVID is a really serious deal, and I think there's a lot unknown about it. But so yeah, I expect it. But the reality is, I mean, I don't think you're going to see. There's not first of all, there's not many more players at the caliber of Micah Parsons and Rashad Bateman. So to see that kind of impact guys leaving the Big Ten, I don't think you're going to see. You know, could you see a couple of guys that don't matter, even a couple more starters? Sure, I, I I expect it, but. Um, but probably no more moves at the impact that these two guys will have. 
unless Justin Fields decides it, hang it up, and then Ohio State will still kick her ass. But he, well, not saying not saying he couldn't change his mind, but he's already come out and said he wants to play. He is all in. He's has no intentions of sitting out. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't change his mind, but that's what he put out there so far. The uh, let's talk about the rest of the schedule here. Uh, I just want to bring up some of the games that the new games crossover games that are being added Illinois and Penn State they're going to hook up for their extra game Iowa Maryland Minnesota and Indiana will meet up Uh, again Nebraska Michigan State Northwestern they add Michigan to their slate Purdue draws Ohio State which is tough and Wisconsin Wisconsin adds the mighty, mighty Ruggers. Uh, Tyler, looking at these crossover games, uh, who they were scheduled to play and the new additions, who has a favorable season and who uh, lucked out? So, so who got the – are you just talking about the draws here or are we doing – Oh, I'm sorry. Who, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, who, who has a favorable season – and who really uh, drew a tough slate? Yeah, so I think if you look at the whole thing, if you look at the Big Ten, I think if I had to say the easiest slate in the Big Ten, it's going to be Wisconsin. And a big reason why is the fact that they drew Rutgers, which we all know is kind of the laughing stock of it. But you also look at the crossover games that they had. They already had Maryland. They had Indiana. Um, and they had Michigan. But I, I, I think their crossover games... And then I also think the way that it plays out, you know, I, I do think they have a, you know, their first six games are not the, you know, not the easiest, but, you know, they get a bye week before they play Iowa um, on the road, which is, which is one of their tougher games. I think their their breaks, I think, are really there. The team that I think has the worst schedule is Northwestern. I mean, you, you look at, they start the season with Penn State, uh, you know, who, who which they, uh, who which they uh, had originally on the road then they go they have wisconsin and then they end the year with on the road against minnesota and then michigan which they added i think that that's just brutal schedule for them uh you know i i think they probably have the toughest slate in the big 10 outside of nebraska derek what do you think uh i'll agree with that wisconsin's probably got the easiest slate i think ohio state's got probably the next easiest slate as far as who they got the crossovers uh, but I, I'm going to say this. I think Nebraska lucked out in the fact that I think our schedule got quite a bit easier compared to what it was supposed to be. Like our last five games were supposed to be so brutal. And now one of those five games is now going to be a home game. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, Tyler, you can like Purdue all you want, but I would much rather play Purdue on a road than have to play Wisconsin on a road. So I think that makes our schedule easier. We now don't have two road games in a row. I mean, we do, but we have a bye week between the two of them. There's only three teams that ended up drawing that, and it was Northwestern, Nebraska, and Purdue. Uh, so, so to not have to travel two weeks in a row like everybody else has to do, I think, helps us. I think Nebraska got probably the biggest break out of anybody considering what our schedule was supposed to originally be. Now, we still have a tough schedule. It doesn't mean I think we have an easy schedule. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think compared to what it was originally supposed to be to now, I think we got the biggest break. Well, Go ahead, Tyler. Derek, it looks like you I, want to I, jump in there. Yeah. So I just, one thing we kind of skimmed over, one what, what of the best breaks that happened in our schedule that we didn't hit on is the placement of our bye week. Um, one, one of our bye weeks. We have it now the week before Northwestern. And they have a game that week. And you look at that, I think that could be a huge advantage in a game that could have been a toss-up game to give us that bye week. And, and, that, and you know, people have pointed to the fact that we got screwed because Ohio State has a bye week before they play us. I don't give a damn. Like, we weren't beating Ohio State no matter what they did. So if a team right. is going to get that advantage on us, I, I'm glad it's Ohio State. Um, you know, so so... I, I like that. Um, that is a big break. Um, you know, and the Ohio State, a lot of people have been saying Ohio State has an easy schedule. And I guess, you know, you look at the fact that they drew Purdue. 
I'm higher on them than you guys are. Leave that alone. The biggest reason why everyone says Ohio State has the easiest schedule is because they don't have to play Ohio State. I mean, let's be real about this. If they, I mean, every team that has to play Ohio State is not loving their life right now. So the fact that no, I I I disagree with you. I think it's because they drew Purdue. I mean, give them Iowa, but we don't know what Iowa's going to be this year with all the turmoil there. Uh, and they got Nebraska, who nobody expects to be good. Not. Ohio State good this year. And they got... Uh, Illinois. Who's their Illinois. other one? I'm s- Illinois. Like, their crossover games are a joke. Arguably, they play the four easiest teams out of the West. Okay, but uh, first of all, I, I, I'm not... I, I, but you can't, talk, you can't talk about the East teams because they were going to play them anyway. Yeah, but, okay, but I don't think... If you look at the Big Ten West, in my opinion, you have Wisconsin and then you have the other six teams. And... Frankly, I don't see a big difference with the other six teams. Like, I just don't. I, I that, don't think Minnesota is what you guys make it out to be. I know they return their offense. All. I know they have a stud quarterback in Tanner Morgan. I'm not. If they're a stock, I'm selling. I, I'm I selling can. them. Why, why are you putting me in this? I am not sitting here okay. pumping Justin sun, is. sunshine I, on Minnesota. I, get, I think Northwestern, Nebraska, Iowa, all these teams are about the same. I think Iowa... If I had to say right now, I think I was probably the second toughest team in the Big Ten West, and they draw them. So they avoided Wisconsin. I mean, that's what Ohio State really did. And, you know, so. I, I don't, I don't, I disagree with Iowa. I don't know that they're the second best. I don't know who the second best is. That's the problem. It's a cl- it's we a will talk it's about that when we get into the I West. Know, I know, we will. We'll, no, I, I, I get it, but I mean, they're replacing a the quarterback. They're replacing so much. They have all this turmoil. So, so to give them credit for being a tough game for Ohio State. I think that's and the the two probably tougher of the two four games they have are both at home. Yeah, I w- I want to circle back to uh, when you're talking about Nebraska there in the bye week. The only thing that could poo poo over that whole scenario that you're talking about, Tyler, is if something happens with Ruggers that opening week and they have to reschedule it for that bye week. Yeah. And then we got well, eight straight happen. games. Why? Because we don't have the same bye week with Rutgers. So if we have to reschedule the Rutgers, it would have to be. No, it have to. It have uh, to be after the season. It would have to be the. It would have to be after the season. Good call. Good call. I I didn't even notice. Yeah, that. so the, okay. it, it's interesting. So the Big Ten came out and said they scheduled the bye week so they could schedule the um, if they had to move games. And then I started looking at the schedule and I was like, okay, I think some of this is flawed because. You know, Illinois and us, we don't share bye weeks with Illinois. Um, we don't share bye week with Rutgers. Uh, you know, we do share one with Wisconsin or two with Wisconsin. So I guess you could move that one. But yeah, the Big Ten came out originally. They were talking on the telecast. That's how they scheduled it. But um, yeah, that's, it didn't well, play out that I, way. What, what, what they did really was uh, the whole Big Ten West has the same bye week with the exception of Illinois. And then the whole Big Ten East has the same bye week in November fourteenth, so they can re- they they have a chance to reschedule. It's just I mean, I, I know the easiest answer was just give two bye weeks where the whole Big Ten has those same weeks off, but that becomes a broadcasting nightmare for networks because now we got no games to play. Justin, what what were your easiest and hardest? Uh, Ohio State easy. To me, I think they drew the four easiest teams out of the Big Ten West. And then uh, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin, their schedule was light anyway, uh, relatively light. And they they drew Ruggers? Come on, man. It, that's a whole setup. Barry Alvarez was behind that damn thing. Wisconsin and Ohio State will be playing the Big, 12 cha- Big Ten Championship. I mean, it's, it's, it's a done deal. It really which is probably going to happen, which was probably going to happen in the first place. But I think this was a chicken shit move by the Big Ten because to me, what the Big Ten's doing is going: if there's a playoff, let's ensure that one of these two teams is in the playoff. Yeah, whoever wins the Big Ten championship is going to go to the playoff, and that's what they did. And it was a chicken shit move. You should you should have just matched these two up during a season, where where it would have been entertaining. Yeah, I I, I think uh, some of the teams that kind of got shitty draws out of it was Maryland. 
Maryland already played Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Then they threw Iowa in on top of that. Uh, Michigan, that you know, they had they had Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue added Northwestern. Uh, those were two terrible draws. Uh, but I don't know. It's so, it's fascinating. So the one thing with the schedules, I think the team that. Um, I'm not saying they have an easy schedule, but the team that has the best structure of a schedule is Purdue. Because they have four games, then a bye. Another four games, then a bye. And then two games. They're the only team in the Big Ten that has that format. And I think that that is a very advantageous schedule breakdown. However, you know, they, they, they start the year with at Michigan, Iowa, and Ohio State. So Purdue could very easily start the year 0-3. And, and guys, as we talk about the schedule, hey, they, they could start. They could start. They could start the year zero and four because they go to Illinois yeah, after not that. Buying that one, but okay, like, maybe, I, maybe, possibly. Co- co- possibly. Okay, come, come on, Illinois played better than they did last year. Don't, don't think Illinois is just going to drop but, off. I, but, I don't believe he, that. For here's a what I wanted to get to with that, and I think this is going to be one of the most interesting things about the schedule this year, and something that I think benefits Nebraska is the psychology of these teams, because these teams are used to having a cupcake or two early in the year. They're not used to starting the year 0-3. They're not used to starting the year 0-2, 0-3. You know, and, and how these coaches keep these players engaged with everything going on in the world. And when you start the year 0-3 if, if, in Purdue's possible case, or, you know, you know, look at uh, Northwestern mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the, the Penn State, Wisconsin. I mean, there's a lot of teams that have this brutal start of the season. Uh but you just, you know, how are these teams going to react if they start the year down? And Nebraska, in theory, could start the year 2-0. and And that, that could be very... I don't know if there's a lot of Big Ten teams that are going to start the year 2-0. and And how that plays will be very interesting. Well, well and, and I think that's a lot of the reason why, like, I think Nebraska really caught the biggest break. Like, we went from playing Purdue first to Rutgers first. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big break. We're, now we're playing Illinois, and I don't know Illinois, Central Michigan. I, I say what you want. It's I, well I placed, still, but, but, but it, it, it is very well placed. Like there's a very good chance that we can work out a lot of bugs and and maybe get maybe have a chance to give Wisconsin a run yeah. at their money. Their defense didn't do good at stopping us last year, and they I know they have most of them coming back, and they're probably going to be a little better on defense. But their their offense, Jack Cohn is a, a mediocre quarterback who doesn't have Jonathan Taylor to rely on well, And anymore. they play Northwestern yeah. the week before, and Northwestern has a history of giving Wisconsin fits. And, Especially at yeah, Northwestern. And, and, and you talk about another schedule break for Nebraska, and, and we play Penn State, and you know who Penn State plays the week after they play Nebraska? Ohio State. So that's that's the Big Ten East right there. Everyone thinks that's the Big Ten East. <laughs> Chances are they'll be well rested for that Ohio State game. Well, maybe, or, or they overlook us, or they over because the week before they play us, they play Iowa. Let's hope they play Iowa the week yeah. before. That's good. You know, I, say what you will about Iowa, unless Iowa just falls off the wayside, which is very possible with everything going on there. But that could be a drag out game. I, again, I'm not saying we're going to beat Penn State. I'm not saying we're going to beat Wisconsin. But it, you know, but but there, you, I objectively have more hope for those two games, which isn't high than I had a, a couple weeks ago. And again, I sat there, I said, hey, Nebraska's a six and seven team. We just lost three of my, the, in my opinion, of our five easiest games. And I'm sitting there saying, shit, could Nebraska go three and seven in this Big Ten? And I. I, you know, I won't get into this because I haven't even made all my predictions yet, but I am a lot more optimistic today than could have been with this schedule release. Right. Uh, final thoughts on the schedule. I'm just going to offer mine to give you a chance to think about yours. But overall, I mean, starting out with Ruggers in Illinois, we, we drew the easiest team out of the East, and I think we drew then we were scheduled the easiest team out of the West. So starting out the season – I don't think we could have drawn a better start than what we have here. This is this is great. Right before we head into that gauntlet of Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Ohio State, uh, that's a brutal stretch. But at least we get 
chance to work out the kinks against uh, these lower teams. So I I like it. I, Tyler, final thoughts on the schedule? Yeah, I, I want to point out, just highlight uh, the team that I think that has the toughest stretch of any team in the season, and that's Minnesota. Again, I, I, I've been kind of rough on what I think Minnesota is going to be this year. Not even rough. I think they're just not as good as everyone thinks. But they have, in a five-game sequence, Michigan, Iowa, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, and Indiana. I think that is a brutal five-game stretch for them. Um, and, and, and again, having six games before the bye, I think I think that could be a really, really telling moment. To Is P.J. Fleck a one-year wonder, or you know, does he have a couple years in him? Yeah, I, I, I'll disagree with you. Just maybe to a to a slightest extent, and saying I, I think Purdue's got between going to Michigan, having Iowa, then Ohio State, and then going to Illinois. Then yeah, you get a bye week, but then you go to Wisconsin. Uh, I I don't know if uh, Minnesota's schedule is much harder than that. That's pretty tough right there. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> well. Shoot. Okay, if we're, if we're going to play that game, I'm going to give it to Maryland. Even though there's a couple of buys in there, they got Northwestern, Wisconsin, by Penn State, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, by in Minnesota. I mean, they're not going to win a game to the end of the year to, to finish the you know, season. And, 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 and Maryland has this tendency to start the year actually looking okay. And, yeah. and you look at their schedule. I'm not saying they're going to win these games, but they have Michigan State and Rutgers, two of their first three games. You know, they, they could be sitting there. I'm not. They, I don't know if they will be, but they could be sitting there two and one. Both those games are at home, and people are like, "Hey, maybe Maryland's going to turn it around." And then zero oh and seven the rest of the way. Yeah, because I don't see them coming close in any of those final games. Don't see them coming close at all. So. I'm giving it to Maryland. They they got the toughest draw out of everything. I mean, God, I'll, I'll like, say the difference. I'll say the difference between yours and mine is people have have expectations for Purdue. Nobody has expectations for Maryland. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I ha- tough, I have I have expectations coach. for Purdue. I don't know how many across the country people are sitting there saying Purdue, but I I, I hear everybody saying that Purdue's still going to be this good team. I'm I'm not buying it, but I'm one of the, it seems like I'm one of the few that's not buying it. Hey, it's a weird it's a weird year for any team though, because since it's all conference, I mean, what is a good year? This is one of those years where if you go four and six in the conference, that's probably a pretty good year. You probably would have made a bowl game. You probably would have been a six to six team, at least. Yeah. And so it's uh, and, and, and the conference is gonna be able to put a team like that in a bowl game. Yeah, that's that's the key thing right there. Conference, uh, the records kind of basically go out the window. That's how you finish in the conference because the conference will set send those teams to the uh, to the bowl games if there's bowl games. But it's but, an but interesting let's, concept. Let, let, let's face it: the, the teams with the best records are probably still going to go. Right? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, but but you could have a losing record and still make a bowl game. But if, if you're sending, if the Big Ten's sending, what, nine teams to bold teams? There's going to be teams without winning seasons 100%. that are going to be going. And, 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 so and, four, yeah. four is almost the magic number. And, and again, I think four gives you a chance. And I think this year, more than most, and I've been saying it for months now, that I think the Big, <coughs> the Big Ten is very, very in the middle. I think there's a lot of teams that are right in that railhouse that where there's going to be a lot of. You know, I don't want to say upsets, but there's going to be a lot of games that you're like, wait, Illinois beat uh, Minnesota? Like, how does that happen when Minnesota goes and beats Iowa in Northwestern? Like, it's going to be some weird games like that this year, more than most years. Yeah. All right, guys, we got to move on. We're running a little bit long here. Uh, I do want to touch on one thing. Uh, as if we didn't know, Big Ten student-athletes are way more intelligent than any other conference out there. Following the Pac-12 debacle of their ransom letter to their commissioner, where they set out all these demands or they're sitting out, uh, the Big Ten student-athletes, they've sent out a petition which really made a lot of sense. 
Uh, they they weren't ugly about it. Uh, all of it was uh, COVID related, basically, and the handling of it. Uh, there was no discussion or demands for uh, for money from revenues from conference revenues and you know reinstating uh, teams that have been cut. I mean, they did it very smart. And I applaud all of these 1,000-plus athletes out of the Big Ten. Uh, I think everybody has their back. Everybody wants player safety in these uncertain times. Uh, Derek, what did you think about this Big Ten petition here? Big Ten United versus the Pac-12s, we are united. Uh, Justin, you, you said it best. Like They handled it well. Uh, there's a few things that they're asking for I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even want to necessarily get into those as much as I, – but I want to talk about just how how well they handled it. They, they didn't go off the board. They didn't go off the cuff and start asking for more shit than they deserve. They didn't suddenly just try and throw a wrench in there where everybody's going, oh, well, why are you asking for that all of a sudden? And the Pac-12 just came out of the blue, pulled shit out of the clouds and said, hey – Let's ask for this. Not, not, not let's ask for this. Let's demand for this or we're not going to play. Yeah, uh, it, it was very, very well much handled by the Big Ten, way better than it was the Pac-12. The Pac-12 looked like a bunch of jokers and a bunch of idiots trying to ask for the shit they were asking for. And, and it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Not like not what they're asking for. And I, 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 I understand their concerns as far as the COVID you know they want they want they want to be safe, and that there's nothing wrong with wanting to be safe. And there's nothing wrong with asking a conference and a school to take responsibility for some teenage kids to mid early twenty kids that they're supposed to be taking care of in the first place. Yeah. So I have no I have no really no problems for the most part of what the Big Twelve asked for. Uh, the Pac twelve was just I, I don't know. Go swim in the ocean, find a shark. <laughs> Tyler, what did you think about those uh, petitions? I, I, I want to read a quote from the Big Ten players, what they said in their memo. And they said, and this is not just to the Big Ten. This was directed towards the NCAA. The NCAA, which is known for zeal for regulations and enforcement, has had ample time to prepare for the safe return of its athletes to competition, yet it has done nothing. Okay. That quote right there, I, I really want, you know, I, I know no one from the NCAA is listening to this, but I, I hope the NCAA listens to these athletes. I hope the Big Ten listens to these athletes. Like, the Big Ten's not asking for it. They just want to know that they're not going to die and they could trust the process. And we've heard reports out there, if they're true or not, from schools like Colorado right. State. And we've and there's skepticism out there about how reliable this is going to be. I implore anyone who is a decision maker, anyone who has the opportunity to make this better, do not try to hide it. Like I'm a diehard Husker, I would rather see us lose a hundred to zero than us try to fraud any testing this season. I do not want to see any athlete at risk here. And I think the players, you guys have said it, they're asking for mostly reasonable stuff. And, and you know you guys are harder on the Pac-12 players than I probably am, but you know I, I again I think overall these kids they're scared. I, I you know I think that there is a fear out there and it's justified. This is something that no one knows the long-term percussions of, or uh, and, and I just I just implore anyone just to make sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean it's. Player safety is the ultimate concern because you have one life to live. You got one life to live. You got to stay healthy. Uh, there's a lot that we don't know about this pandemic that's going on. Uh, we all want to see sports. We all want to make it happen, but we have to do the smart thing. And if I was sending my son out there, I would want to make sure that he's safe as well. And there's no fudging of the tests, the test results. Uh, I, w- I would want to make sure everything is being taken care of. So, I I, I fault them zero for that. And, and I know you guys. Uh, I know so. you guys are critical of the Pac-12, and, and I I don't want to get down to this rabbit hole too much. But just really quickly, 
you know, you guys are a lot more critical of the Pac-12 than me. Um, but what? Get, give your thought on the Pac-12 stuff real quick. What do, What did you guys think of the Pac-12? Like, what did you not like? What did you, you know, what what was it? I think when they came out, for me at least, I think when they came out and said that they won 50% of the revenue, they wanted all the other sports that had been canceled, they wanted them reinstated. I don't think, they kind of really lost me on that because they have no real knowledge on how the money really works and what it takes to run athletic departments. They saw it as, hey, football makes X amount of dollars, we deserve half. Oh, by the way, the, with the other half, you need to bring back those other, uh, those other sports. And those coaches and administrators, they make too much damn money. We want their money too. I mean, it, it just – and the fact that they said all of that and was like, or I'm going to sit out. We're going to sit out. And they gave an ultimatum, and it, it just didn't sit right with me. The COVID stuff and you know the social uh, justice, all those issues, fine, fine. Th- those are all great causes. We can discuss those. We can make that stuff happen, or we can try to make all of those happen prior to the season. But once you start getting into the uh, the the money, and you know we have NIL, the name, image, and likeness uh, coming up. You know this is going to give athletes an opportunity to make money off of their image and likeness right so that's right on the the doorsteps and they're asking for more revenue is it on top of that is it conjunction i it's crazy it's just unrealistic demands it almost made it sound like we don't want to play so we're just going to throw this stuff out there if you can't meet it, well, we're sitting out. Okay, if you don't want to play, don't play. There's a great article written out of the uh, San Diego uh, – I, I forget the paper. The San Diego – some paper of the, the San Diego. We tweeted it out. Uh, but, you know, it's basically – it says college football isn't for everyone. This is what you can get. You can accept it or not. College football isn't for everyone. And it, and it went point by point on what these Pac-12 Pac athletes were asking for. You know, some it sided with. Some was like, it can't happen. NCAA is not going to allow that revenue split like what you're thinking. There's just so much going on. And I thought uh, the Pac-12, they really missed an opportunity uh, because with their 17 demands – you know, I don't know, maybe 11 of them were really feasible. Uh, the rest was just like, okay, you lost your audience right there. When you start throwing out stuff like that, everyone's going to be like, okay, these guys are full of shit. They don't know anything. Okay, whatever. So missed opportunity by them. The Big Ten student athletes, that's why they're the geniuses of the whole nation. Uh, so... They put out together, put together a great petition that everybody can rally behind. Derek, what do you think? Sorry. Uh, first off, I agree with basically everything you just said. And I, I want to refer to LSU. I think it was the 16, 17 season. They put out what the revenue was for each sport. And this was put on Twitter. Uh, they had a, gr- a graph out there. There were only three sports that actually made money for LSU. And it was football, obviously. It was men's basketball, and it was baseball. Every other sport that they uh, that they play lost money, and I'm not talking lost like a few dollars. Some of them lost millions of dollars. Some of them lost hundreds of thousands. So all that money that comes out of that football goes to these other sports. And I know these players don't understand that, but it costs so much money to keep these other programs going. And so for them to say, we want you to keep those programs going and give us half of what you're making was absurd. It was completely absurd. And Justin, you talked about the social injustice thing, and I'm going to get into this. And I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't even care at this point. I, I'm tired of it. Like, they're asking for 2% of the revenue to go to black, low-income families. And while I can agree with them that this should go to low-income families, I'm all for it. There's Hispanic families out there that deserve some of this money. There are 
white families out there. There are Asian families, and there are a lot of black families out there that probably deserve some of this money. But to just sit here and say that one race deserves this money more than the rest is a bunch of baloney, and it needs to stop. I, oh, it just irritates the living hell out of me. Uh, even if you want to leave the whites out, which I think is bullshit, but even if you want to leave them out and just say, okay, let's give it to the to the rest of the minorities, I could be okay with it. Here's here's my other thing. Like if if you if these guys would have stuck up for some of the little guys and said, hey, we're 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 making a lot of money. Why don't we lower tuition so all the kids can can afford to go to school? Maybe I could have backed them a little bit. But they didn't even do that. They just said, hey, give me more, give me more. And Justin, you talked about the name, image, and likeness. They didn't give themselves a chance to even receive a check yet before they started asking for more. Right. Like, how greedy can you really be when you didn't even allow yourself to get paid before you said, you're not paying us enough? Yeah. Like, like just shut up. It just drives me nuts. I'm sorry. Ran over. Yeah, I mean, it's... It was outrageous, and it caused a lot of controversy out there with uh, their li- their little ransom note is what I like to refer to it as because that's essentially what it was. Uh, give us this or we're not playing. Uh, crazy. But, uh, guys, we've gone long. It's time to get into you, last. You might, you, you might want to give Tyler a little time Oh, to, re- to rebuttal here. Tyler, any thoughts there? I mean, okay, so. I'm not going to go point by point of this. I mean, we've been talking long enough, and I, I guess to, put, to offer a counterbalance to this, I think that if you want to talk about a revenue split, um, you know, you know, I, I think that that you can have an intelligent conversation and say that maybe these kids should be making more than they do make. And I want to clarify that they do make money like people that the education is valuable the tuition is valuable the stipend all that stuff is valuable but there's a fair argument they should be getting more uh you guys have said it i mean it's hard to say that you can get more without taking away from another pot maybe you could find a balance 50 percent is nowhere near a balance the social injustice stuff you know i i you know i derek i'm not gonna go too much in that but i do think one of the things they're advocating is they wanted to be helped they wanted to have an input where this money went, and I think that is not a bad thing um, for them to do. Uh, I I just feel like this was a misguided effort to try to get a lot of things, and I you know I'm not going to go political. Actually, I am going to go political, but you see this all the damn time. You see this with Congress. You see this with everyone. They're like, why the hell can't you just say to one point? And they went so widespreading. It, it it did dilute the point of whatever the hell they were trying to make, if yeah. and, and it diluted it and it did lose it. I think the Big Ten players did a lot more in conjunction. Again, a lot of these points I think are valuable and they should be discussed in the future, just not with a two week deadline to make this stuff yeah. happen. It's interesting you say that because just like Congress, their point is COVID, right? That was their number one point. Well. While we're throwing this bill in there, let's add all this shit in there. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Sign it or veto. It is exactly what the MLB owners did to the players. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this. And the player was like, okay, let's do that. And they were like, oh, by the way, <laughs> we want to do this, this, and this. And they were like, players were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where the hell did that come from? Yeah, pe- people I mean, need to learn a little it, bit better it, it, it's, negotiating. It's, I, and these kids, yeah, there's restaurants that are all the cut. Why can't and and, and these yeah. kids? I mean, you can fault them and say they're misguided, but they look at how many other people do the exact same damn thing, and a lot of people they should be looking up to do the same damn thing. So let's get the last call and get off this subject. Yeah. Well, everybody wants to go to a restaurant where you order a la carte, right? A la carte. Yeah, that's the premier stuff, right? Make bills the same way. Bills and demands. Just make everything a la carte. Stop rolling every damn thing end up into one damn bill. Anyway, guys, last call, last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to the NBA. And my God, if you have not been watching this product, you are missing out. There have been some remarkable games. But a footnote that happened last night or two nights ago, um, the Lakers had clinched home field, uh, the number one seed in the West. And even though they lost brutally tonight to the Thunder, they still have that. So I'm going to ask you guys, Right now, sitting here on August 5th, who is your favorite to win the NBA championship? Mine is still the Clippers. 
club. Yeah, Derek. Uh, I, I I like the Bucks. I everyone says the East can't do it. I love the Bucks. I think they got it. I think they got the size. I think they got Gian. I mean, they got Giannis. Come on, you got the 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 best player in the NBA. I going with the Bucks. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be the Clippers and the Bucks there in the finals. Uh, I like both teams. I like uh, every team except the Lakers, essentially. Uh, but I don't. That's crazy from the LeBron, the, from the LeBron lover. <sighs> yeah. My, my finals are Clippers Celtics, but really, okay, yeah, all right, not not liking the Bucks, huh? I like the Bucks. I, I think the Bucks are the fifth best team in the NBA. I think Lakers. I mean, but they're second in the East. I, I just I I like the depth of I like with the, the, with the best record. I like the depth of the Boston. I love the depth of Boston. I think the problem with the Bucks is Chris Middleton is a really really good player they have some good bench players i don't like their coach i i just think that you look at that celtics i mean you know jalen brown uh kemba walker gordon hayward jason tate i mean they just they've got some really good players on that roster and they're deep um i i like the celtics yeah well i'm, I'm glad nba restarted they're doing it great they're in the bubble COVID's not an issue like MLB. Speaking of MLB, last call to you, Derek. All right. I haven't watched hardly any NBA because baseball's on, so why would I watch MLB? Uh, or NBA, sorry. Look, Justin, you want to talk about COVID? This is another reason why I'm so optimistic that things are moving forward. Uh, the Marlins had to sit out a few weeks because of their COVID stuff. The Phillies had to sit out because of the Marlins. And, and then the Cardinals come out with 15 positive tests. And the Phillies are playing, have played tonight. The Marlins have played yesterday and tonight. And the Cardinals are scheduled to play the Cubs this weekend, which tells me that everybody's the MLB is getting better at what they're doing. And it proves to me that college football can also do it. Oh, I love that attitude from you, Derek. Yeah. Uh, MLB's fine. It's fine. But, you know, I'm with Tyler, man. You can't you can't top NBA right now. You you put NBA up against MLB, yeah, it's NBA all day long. And yeah, I agree, Tyler. NBA, spectacular games and, and a great and, product. Uh, and, and and I will say this, Derek. I on, on behalf of Cardinal Nation, if the Cardinal players did something stupid to get themselves infected, God, I hope that wasn't the case. I don't know how they all got it. The whole damn team got it. I still think baseball is in trouble. I, I'm not as optimistic as you are on baseball because there's too much travel in that sport and too much downtime in hotels. I don't know why they didn't get in the bubble. They should have went into the bubble. That was a sport just like the NBA. They Maybe not one bubble. Maybe they had to go to two bubbles. They could have had the AL in a bubble and the NL in a bubble. But I, I fear this is not the end of the COVID outbreaks at baseball. Gosh, Susie, pessimist right here. Yeah. All right. Last call to me. I'm sorry, guys. I, I wasn't really prepared for a last call. I forgot to do last call. But I will say something. NCAA, they came out and said there's not going to be any co- any championships at Division Two or Division Three level. Does that worry me? Uh, maybe a little. Does it affect me? Not one chance. Uh, it was kind of something nice to have on the TV in mid-December when those games were being played, but Outside of that, uh, I don't know. Tyler, does that worry you? I don't know if it worries me, but UNK, University of Nebraska Kearney, volleyball, um, they were in the championship last year. I, you know, uh, football had a pretty nice season last year, UNK. I, you know, I do feel for these kids. I mean, I you know, I know COVID's serious, and I'm not faulting the incident blade for canceling it. I'd be curious what they're doing with the whole seasons. But I will tell you, if I'm a kid and I'm playing for a championship, I don't care if it's D2, D3. I want that chance to compete, and it sucks. It sucks for all these kids that are losing that opportunity. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Derek? Uh, I, I don't care. I, whatever. <laughs> I, look, I, I feel bad for the kids, whatever. But at the end of the day, I never watch that crap anyway, so... I hope that our I hope the Division One continues to be able to go on with championships because that's if, all uh, we care I, about. 
You can't bet on Division Two and Division Three. I really don't even care. They could cancel I, right, the playoff right now. I, they could cancel the playoff right, right now. Just give me the not, Big Ten. But, Just give me my ten games. That's all I care about. I'd, I'd rather have all of it, but but you're right. I would rather at least have something. Something's better than nothing. Yeah, I'd take the Big Ten. If uh, Mark Emmert came out and said no postseason play for Division One A, okay, that's fine. There'll be four. Na- there'll be four, if not five, national championships this year. That and football. The, every conference will claim. UCF will probably claim one. I mean, sure. I mean, you'll see everyone under the sun claim one, and I don't give a damn. I don't. There could be an asterisk in this year. I don't give a damn. Held in the Nebraska- There's going to be anyway. Yeah, Nebraska claim one in. Hey, if you go five and five, you claim your national championship. Damn it. Sure. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Great show. Uh, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. Be safe out there, and as always, go Big Red.